everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well, or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. There you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, Seven Run. It is such an honor to be here with you today. Um, Thank you guys for joining us on Facebook, on YouTube. Thank you for inviting your friends and sharing uh, this worship service with so many. I just want to say I am so proud of your faith and of how you are growing in this season. I'm also very excited about this series. Um, There is just a very real sense in my life of, of next and of movement and and of a, of, a, of a deep, I can't stay here. And what that means is it's time. It's time to grow. It's time to get unstuck. It's time to begin moving forward. And so I want to invite you to a new beginning of spiritual growth today. And I want to remind you that spiritual growth isn't a program we work. It's a movement we join. The reality is that, that spiritual growth is the movement of God. So it's not something that you and I can just do on our own, uh, through our own efforts. We're just going to work this program and create um, some three steps or, or you know, some system that's going to cause us to grow in Christ. It really doesn't work that way. Spiritual growth is the freeing work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of God through surprising and unexpected circumstances to form our hearts and souls into the image of Jesus. It is the supernatural unseen work of God that that translates into us living in ways that are seen and felt by people around us. Spiritual growth is not about additive knowledge. It's about transformational character. It's about being shaped into the image of Jesus and and receiving the Word of God in a way that makes us a servant and a sent one. And so, spiritual growth is like the breath and the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, Spiritual growth happens when we're willing to live with a new spirit inside of us. You know, when, when we allow God to do a work of replacement. And what needs to be replaced? Well, whatever's inside of us. It can be anger pain, um, self-absorption, it can be distraction, it can be busyness, but like a sponge that's squeezed and whatever is inside comes out, when we come to to face Jesus, something happens with us. We are given an invitation to transformation. Most of us will say no, but some of us will say yes. And our yes is a surrendering Um, work to the leadership of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to follow Him 
into his mission and our heart and character being forever changed. Spiritual growth begins when, when we see the, wa- <coughs> the waste of our broken and the worth of God's grace in us. And those two things are really a key. If you never come to see the waste of, of your broken, and I'm not talking about you as waste, I'm talking about how your brokenness wastes your created purpose, wastes the value of your life, wastes time. If you never see the waste of broken, you'll never really come to appreciate the worth of God's grace. So, Pastors sometimes are great at, uh, at giving you, you know, what's but not how. So today I want to give you some hows that we can do that. And I, I just pray that you just, you're ready. I just pray that in your life, you're, you're tired of, of, um, of moving backwards, tired of circling, and that you see that it's time to move forward in your life, that you can move forward. So how do we get unstuck and how do we begin to grow? First of all, we do that by, by facing what's broken in us and turning to what's healing in Christ. So this word repentance, metanoia, to think new about, means that we, we have a turning from and a turning to. It is, it is a letting go and a reaching for. It is an emptying and a filling. And if you, you only do half of that, then you'll never really um, move into spiritual growth. We, we grow spiritually by living grace-dependent and by returning our trust to Christ day by day and moment to moment. So over and over again in the Old Testament, God says, return to me. And I want you to put a hyphen between the re and the turn, because that's the way you live growing spiritually. You return over and over and over again to the new beginning of grace. That's why the Word of God says the mercies of God, the grace of God, is new every morning. And so when I breathe, I need to return. When I wake up and the sun is shining, I need to return. And when we live returning with our face turned towards the face of God, our heart and soul captured by the wonder of God's grace and and the worth that he's conveyed to us in the blood of Jesus, when we are captivated by grace, um, then we live continually returning to, to Jesus. We live growing spiritually by the mystery of God's kingdom that that comes through courageous faith. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else that you were seeking in this world, your old life, it'll be given to you. But you have to over and over again seek first, seek first, and seek first. But you know the reality of spiritual growth when we finally get tired of our programs and tired of just adding knowledge and building systems, the reality of our spiritual growth is that we'll never truly be growing believers until we begin seeing our worth in God's grace. And until you see your worth in God's grace, I really don't think you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. I think you might have religion. Um, I think you might have trying. But I, I don't think we are into loving and being loved. But when something inside of you begins to break and you, the hardness of your heart begins to melt and you begin to see and sense the worth of, of you by the grace of God, not by your greatness, but by His greatness, something happens. And 
And the reality is that we begin to see the worthlessness of everything else as well. So let me just share kind of the, the big picture, 50,000 foot reality that changes everything else in life. Trusting broken and, and broken idols keeps me stuck, but trusting grace gets me growing. That's just the reality. So I want to reintroduce the concept of idolatry to us all because whether you think you know the concept or not, you're living it. Um, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, uh, there's a couple of different translations of that verse that I love. I love it and I hate it. I hate it because of the truth of it in my life. I love it because of the truth of it in my life. And in the, in the, the um, NIV 2011 version, it says this, For those who cling to worthless idols, leave turn, or turn away from God's love for them. Those who cling to worthless idols, worthless, worthless than what? Worthless than God worth less than the grace of God. And those who cling to what's worth less than God alone, they turn away from the love that God has for them. The 1984 version of the NIV uh, says it in a way that to me is just so memorable and, and so close to my heart. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And there's this sense of offering and yet loss. And there's this sense of, of potential and yet waste. And, and it all has to do with our response to idols. So trusting what's broken in your life or in this world, it, it just gets you stuck. But when you and I begin to turn and trust grace, it gets us growing. Let, let me just say this. Everything Everything and everyone in this world that isn't the grace of God is an idol. Everything. Um, everything that you and I turn to or depend upon um, that, that, that isn't Jesus Christ is something that keeps me stuck in this world, keeps me from growing in the kingdom that's come, something that is lying to me about my true worth, my real potential, my created purpose. It's all worth less than, than, than this grace of God. Anyone or anything, and this really gets hard because there have been many times in my life where, where my family, even as broken as it has been, is, is an idol. Because over and over again, I will turn, even to, to Marcia, even to my wife, I will turn to her. And although I never use these words and I never formulate it this way, um, the, the simple reality is the turn is simply this. Save me. Let your love heal me. And, and it can't. You can never put the responsibility for your happiness or well-being on your parents, on your spouse, on your kids, on your boss, on your job, on your looks, on your talent, on your abilities, on your income, and on and on it goes until everything in this world is included. In fact, here's the crazy thing about your broken. You can't even trust you. Because you're not only broken and in your sin disconnected from God, you are broken and in your sin disconnected from yourself. Proverbs 3, um, 5 and 6 says, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So, so you can't even trust what you think. You can't trust what you think about other people. This is where racism comes in. This is where self-hatred comes in. This is where the arrogance of looking down on anyone for any reason comes in. This is where even formulating your own religious opinions and your own political ideas, you can't trust anything that's rooted in this world. It's all broken. And every broken thing that we turn to, rest in, rely on, keeps us fatally stuck. I love what 1 John 2, 15 and 16 and 17 says. These are hard words. And you want to grow spiritually? You got to hear the hard and take it to heart. You got to let the hard hurt and cost you. You see, a faith that costs you nothing will, will, will do nothing in your life. It will never change you. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world. And, and I, I, you know, we, we joke, you know, foolishly that the Greek word for everything means everything. <laughs> you got to do the work of applying this to the scope and the sequence of your life, to the horizon of everything that you love and depend on everything that is natural for you to turn to in this world, to, to make you okay, to fix you, to bring you joy, happiness, health. Everything is included under this umbrella. Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, and, and this is certainly talking about sexual desire, but it's also talking about all desire. It's, it's talking about, about what you want to make you whole, what you think you need to, to end your hurt. For everything in the world, verse 16 says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, these things come um, not from the Father, but from the world. And it's a, it's a differentiation of sources. One dying and, and one uh, eternally dead, the other living and eternally alive. One very natural for you and I that we will reach for, depend on, hold on, and that, that unless you make a profound move in your life and repent, you're going to live from your broken. You're going to live stuck. You're going to be uh, dominated by your ego. You're going to be proud. You're going to be arrogant. You're going to be religious and create religious knowledge and systems that then unconsciously you're going to turn to those systems and trust them to save you rather than the humbling, merciful grace of God. The scripture says in verse 17, the world and its desires, they pass away. That's why it's a bad bet. That's why it's a losing life. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. What is the will of God? To turn to Jesus to repent, to think differently about your life and your living, to, to let a new spirit come inside of you and to let your old, joyless, deathly, dying-down, self-centered spirit be replaced by the, by the Spirit of God, God Himself. Christ Himself wants to give you the Spirit that, that He died on the cross to give up 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And what did the Father do with the spirit so committed? He offered it to us so that every broken person who let their, their brokenness break and humble themselves and, and saw the mercy and the glory of grace, that that spirit would come inside of them, not to give them religious rules, but to, to become the movement of the breath of God in their life, to grow them in the image of Jesus so that, that the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control of God would become their daily turning reality. That's why Jesus died, and that's what real spiritual growth looks like and where it comes from. We're all stuck in the brokenness of our sin. You may be too blind to see that you're a sinner and broken, but that's just blindness. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Maybe your ego and pride are so great that you don't think you need God. Well, the truth is you're just arrogant, and if you don't know that you need God, you're just ignorant. And if you think you're not good enough for God, then you're back to arrogant and ignorant all wrapped up in one because I'm too great to need God is, is ego and I'm too terrible to ever be loved by God is also ego. Both of those sentences are dominated by self, by I. We're all stuck in the brokenness of sin until we're not. And when we're not, it's when we start to grow. And we'll all keep returning to our Savior substitutes until, uh, you know, we'll all keep turning to our idols over and over and over again until we're turning joyfully to grace over and over and over again. So many of us are, are stuck in the sadness and sorrow, the brokenness and pain, the worthlessness of this world and we're drowning. We're dying inside, and, and we may be faking it, hoping we'll make it one day, but inside we're longing for something new. We're longing for a new beginning. We're longing to grow, and I'm telling you, it's time to grow. So forget working a program. Join a movement. And today God, in grace, is inviting you out of your stuck and, and into his the flow of his spirit. Uh, Proverbs 26.11 describes most of us in our stubbornness, in our unyieldedness, in our, our attachments to the things of this world. You see, again, we're all addicts. Everything that attaches us to this world becomes a God substitute, an addiction, something that we turn to instead of turning to the person of, of Christ, who is the grace of God. As a dog returns to its, its vomit, so a fool returns to its folly, to his folly. That's what we do. And the message of the Bible is simply this. Everything's broken in the world, but everything can be redeemed in Christ. That's it. You want to know the Bible? You know, this is it. Everything's broken in the world. You can't trust it. You shouldn't trust it. And when you do, you'll get stuck in it. And when you get attached to anything or anyone as your source and security, that's called an idol. That idol is worth less than Jesus, who is the grace of God, and, and you can never be free and who you're created to be and find joy and courage and passion and purpose in this world until you break and turn to Jesus. 
Trusting grace gets us growing. That's your way forward. That's what it's time to do. It's time to trust grace in a new way, to live grace-dependent. And, and, and it's true for those who have followed Jesus and, and for those who haven't. So let me, let me just finish with that. We, we all need to turn. Everybody listening today needs to turn. I need a new season of turning in my life. You need a new season of turning in your life. This, this virus is an invitation to begin a new season of turning to God in life. And it's true for those who have who have turned to Jesus, and it's true for those who haven't. For those who, who have turned to Jesus in the past, uh, Jonah's story is ours. And, and Jonah's story is found in chapter 1, verse, verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And, and God said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has, has come up before me. Jonah, God said, My heart is broken over the brokenness of these people. And because your heart has been broken by my love, I want you to go and be my love to them. We all know the, the more famous parts of the book of Jonah, and, and that is in verse 3. But Jonah ran away, and then the scripture says, and he went down. And that describes perfectly where the spiritual lives of so many of us are. We, the word of God came to us, and we ran. And, and we let our um, you know, the Word of God came to us and we ran. And instead of, instead of being um, a servant who served, we, we became um, someone who feared and, and were swallowed up by our fears. Jonah 2.19 tells the rest of the story. And, and it tells the story of, of, of how we let our broken break and return to grace and growing faith. The scripture says in uh, verse 17, chapter um, um, 2, um, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, chapter 1, chapter 2. And from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, and he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From the deepest realms of the dead, I called for help. Can you identify? Is, is there some part of you deep down broken, deep down dead, deep down dying and hopeless that, that you can, can identify with, with Jonah's song, with his prayer, and, and say, yes, that's me. That's where I am. I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of being swallowed up in my fear, my disobedience, my ignorance of the will and call of God on my life. But in that moment, I call for help, and you listened to my cry. I, I love that prayer because that changed Jonah's life. And then it changed the lives of tens of thousands as he, as he went out as a servant, and, and, and he began to do God's will. So there's our story in Jonah. We let our broken break, and we returned to grace in growing faith. We gave our lives to the mission of God. For those who have never followed Jesus, we're the broken thief on the cross from, from Luke chapter 23. And there, the scripture says in verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him and said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God since we are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turned. 
You talk about a hopeless broken. You talk about investing your life in this world and realizing that all this world is going to do for you is get you stuck. Everything that it lies to you and says, come and get, you go after, and, and, and all it does is, is get you stuck. In fact, so stuck that now this man is, is nailed. Nailed to, to a, a hopeless cross for him. But he turns and he sees Jesus. And, and something in him breaks. I mean, profoundly, all comes crashing down like, like an iceberg just calving it. And it breaks inside of him. And, and, and in his life, he now sees the worthlessness of everything that he's been, everything that he's been about, everything that he invested his life in. He can see the worthlessness of it all. Now, some of you are saying, well, of course he can. He's nailed to the cross. Well, don't be so arrogant. Look at the guy on the other side of the cross, just as nailed, just as dead, just as in pain and angry, and he stays stuck. He stays in his addiction. He will not break. He stays holding on to what he's held on to all of his life, and he just keeps his dying. And unless you repent, that's exactly where you'll be. Exactly where I am, unless we turn and return to grace for life. I want our prayer to be the prayer of the thief who says, I'm going to face the truth of my brokenness. And with a broken heart, turn to Christ in hope. And because of grace, I'm going to believe I'm not stuck anymore. Grace is over my life now. And I live under grace. And under grace, I am stuck to nothing. Under grace, I am free. Under grace, I am in Christ. Under grace, I grow. And now I bring all of my broken and all of my pain and all of my shame and all of my hopelessness. I bring it all to Jesus. And under His grace, I am free. So here's what I want to do want to ask you to do today and every day this week. I want you to turn and return. I want you to let what's broken break and turn to grace. I want you to ask yourself today, now, in these next few moments, and, and, and for the rest of this week, what is broken in you? The real answer is everything, but I want you to be a little bit more specific and start with what's most broken and most painful and what has you most nailed and most stuck and is most hopeless and most painful. Where's the, what's the epicenter of, of your, your broken? And will you put your stuck under grace? Broken and stuck go together, but so do grace and growing. You want to grow spiritually? Live grace-dependent. I promise you, above any program that you could ever come to, when you turn to Jesus and recognize your worth in Him, and you allow the grace of God to melt all the, the broken in this world, including your pride, the hard edge of it all, you will grow. You cannot come to grace and not grow. When you... When you let the Word of God capture your heart, you, you, you're saved and you serve. We choose what holds us. The world in pain or Christ in grace. We choose what we live beneath. We choose to stay broken or grow in grace. And, and I want you to 
to, to pray this prayer with me. Father, I want to live grace-dependent. It's time. I want to join the movement of your kingdom, and I want to grow. I want to begin laying down my broken idols, everything that I've trusted for a successful life. And I want to put my faith in your unending grace. In Jesus, it's time. So now the challenge of your today and your tomorrow and of the rest of your time on earth is, will you let what's broken break? And will you turn to the grace that could be yours? Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by Pastor Drew's message. And we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple resources for you during this time of COVID-19, where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to 7run.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can, again, find those at sevenruncom slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, we're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a good day.